Hi, I'm Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. A major focus in the culture war taking place throughout our country right now has been the push for gender identity and sexual education in schools. The latest battle, gender identity in public schools. Joining us next to discuss the issue, we have senior advisor at FreedomWorks, Tamara Farah. Tamara Farah, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Steve. Of course. Uh, Tamara, there seems to be a new push throughout the country right now to remove gender identity from schools in the classroom. Uh, what can you tell us about this? What are they actually trying to do here? Absolutely. Um, well, as you probably know, over the last few years, right, we've had this uproar in schools and schools have adopted policies to make sexual orientation and gender identity protected classes. That's been their kind of their goal, right? Um, and that's where things have gone. And school districts are orienting these policies around the pressure from, and people need to know this because this is the foundation of it. Uh, the orientation is around pressure from teachers unions, departments of education, state and federal, and very powerful non-government organizations that are funding various curricula in schools across this country. So these are the these are the power brokers behind the curtain. Um, but that is starting to shift, and thank God, public opinion does still matter in America. Uh, there was a poll by the New York Times in September that showed 70% of registered voters are strongly or somewhat against teachers pushing gender identity and sexual orientation, which is also called SOGI on elementary school students, and, and still even 50% or more are against it in junior and senior high. So this is a very big deal. As you know, when you get to three-fourths of the voters with anything, it's powerful. It's very interesting. I mean, I guess when you start to remove the topic or the issue of, of gen, what your gender actually is, what does this ultimately lead to other than confusing kids who are at a stage in their development where structure and clearly defined rules and principles are critical? Absolutely, and putting that question in the bigger context, I recently wrote an opinion piece that was, it's in town hall, on why our students are failing. And we know part of it is the distraction of these non-academic topics, woke cultural agendas and SOGI is huge, a huge part of that. It uh, really shouldn't be in schools at all, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, kids can talk about it amongst themselves and certainly parents uh, can have a big voice in that with their kids. But basically, if we, uh, you know, we're looking at policies now going into effect as we see parents pushing back about this. Um, and so, for example, you've got Nebraska, Texas and Pennsylvania with policies going into effect. It just so happens in Nebraska, it's um, it's a, among 64 Catholic schools. Um, that's not the case in the other states, but it's still interesting. They uh, passed a policy that says, students should conduct themselves in accordance with their biological sex as it relates to the use of personal pronouns, dress code, use of bathrooms, and participation in school-sponsored activities. So a little stronger language there, probably because it is a religious school. But nonetheless, they are making the point uh, that you know we don't want to have a lot of discussion around this. So in South Lake, Texas, the Carroll Independent School District voted to amend its student code of conduct to remove the terms gender identity, sexual orientation, and religion. 
And, you know, some people wanted to keep that because they want those to be protected classes. But the other parents won out who spoke up in favor at, at the school board meeting, I presume, of the amendment, citing that we have just this ever-expanding list of people needing protection from discrimination. Uh, Pennsylvania redid a policy in the Central Bucks School District and saying that they want neutrality and balance in the classroom, in public displays in the hallways, uh, you know, those cases where you display things, that it really is not the job of, of teachers to be focusing on these topics. They want their kids to have an optimal learning environment. Yes, they want inclusiveness, we all do. None of us are for racism or excluding students, but putting a focus on this in education is, is certainly, this is a good shift away from that emphasis. Tamara Farah, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. As the CCP virus continues to surge throughout China, there are increased concerns that the virus might accelerate throughout the rest of the world. However, doctors and scientists in the U.S. are pointing out that it may be partially because of the CCP's zero COVID approach that we're seeing such a sudden intense wave across China. To assess, we're happy to have a physician who also holds a PhD in infectious disease, Dr. Yu Hongdong. Dr. Yu Hongdong, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, uh, Steve, uh, thank you for the invite. Pleasure to be here. Doctor, I'd like to ask you uh, before, you know, to kick us off here, why do you think we're seeing such a, a surge of the, the COVID-19 virus in China right now? Yeah, there are actually multiple reasons that contributed to this surge. Yeah, first of all, I think, uh, you know, every pandemic is a kind of uh, multifactorial factors. The immune, human immunity and also the external environment factors and the health conditions of, of the population all uh, matters. For example, in this, um, before this sudden surge, uh, actually, the China has a very strict uh, zero COVID-19 policy for over one year in China. So this um, many Chinese people living in mainland China are generally on the verge of the collapse. Uh, why? You know, because um, the uh, you know because our mind and the body are closely connected with each other. Uh, when people are under stress or ha has a very mental, high mental pressure, and their immunity are also being suppressed. So this kind of uh, uh, discipline, the scientific knowledge has uh, accumulated in the past 40 years that uh, it's called psychoneuroimmunology, that people, when people are under huge pressure, they are, um, uh, the cortisol, the, the, the stress hormone uh, increased uh, heavily. And this stress hormone has an inhibitory effect on our immune cells. For example, the natural killer cells and the immune, uh, the lymphocytes, they, they didn't function properly when under huge pressure. And it's, um, also the chronic pressure has a long-term uh, suppression of our immunity. In that case, uh, long-term nervousness and the chronic pressure and the uh, uh, fear and the uh, uncertainty about the um, the pandemic all cause a 
high, a very stressful mental state in most of the Chinese people. A lot of uh, very interesting points. Uh, one that's often overlooked, you mentioned, is the fact that uh, you know, the Chinese people are, are under a, a tremendous amount of stress, not just because they're living under a totalitarian regime, but COVID zero, um, you know, those measures have been uh, taken a significant impact on the mind. Now, I would like to ask you, how has the way the CCP or has the way the CCP uh, have, have handled um, the virus impacted the way the Chinese people trust the government, um, even if it was already at a low point? Yeah. The issue is that we simply just couldn't trust the numbers from China. You know, the party, the party's priority is always their power, but not the value of human lives, not the health of Chinese people. So the number of cases, the deaths in China has been uh, always underreported. So, and also most many more and more Chinese people lose their trust for the government. You know, the white paper revolution is a kind of proof that uh, people are desperate. They have a lot to say, but they cannot say anything. So they use a white paper to represent their speechless. Okay, so it's a kind of the, 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 the reach their, uh, their desperation, their depression, their mental status, their, their trust for the government has reached zero point, okay? So this, and they spoke out, they spoke out that uh, to, to call the, the, to even to challenge the, just to challenge the, the CCP government. So, the, so this is a kind of a signal that uh, many more and more mainstream Chinese people has come to, you know, cannot tolerate this kind of heat, this kind of lies, and also lockdowns and unhumanistic uh, government for their people. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess my last question for you, are, are there, this is a question that you're starting to hear asked um, widely right now, at least throughout our country. Are there concerns of another variant emerging from China based on the current outbreak? And how should this be handled in terms of international travelers coming uh, in, you know, fr into the U.S. from China? Yeah, this is a, I, actually, this is an important question. I, I would like to just, uh, uh, because of the, 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 uh, the lack of transparency of the uh, Chinese uh, uh, strains in China, and that then we cannot, we don't know what kind of mutant, uh, what what on earth are those uh, virus are uh, overwhelming in China. So I would say the best way is to uh, take a very strict policy for Chinese people traveling outside of China, and protect our uh, the people outside of China, and also um, to um, to boost our immunity, try every means, uh, take enough vitamins, especially vitamin D, uh, enjoy the sunlight, have a good sleep, all this can preserve our immunity, and also um, remain calm, keep a positive attitude, think of others, and you know, mind and less stressful mental status help you to fight against any kind of virus, regardless how uh, pathogenic, how lethal it is. Yeah. Okay, that's all for 
um, yeah, for 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 uh, that's all my advice for for people outside of China. <laughs> Dr. Yu Hongdong, thank you so much. Thank you. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon. Thank you.